Good evening and welcome to Italian Impact Weekly. I'm your host, Steve Stefano Mancini. And I'm Claudio Relsano. We appreciate you tuning in as always. Well, Claudio, it was another week. Uh, we are fast approaching, I was looking, we're fast approaching 50 episodes already. Oh, wow. A few more serious? weeks. Yeah, I think we're going to hit 50. That's crazy. So, I mean, well, time we started fly- in February. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, time flies when you're having fun, though, but yeah. we're, we're getting there. Um, but yeah, so we are actually growing our audience, and uh, I always want to thank our listeners because, you know, I, on occasion, like everybody, listen to podcasts. And I have a very short attention span. So if they don't grab me in the first couple of minutes, I used to tune out. But now that I have a podcast and a radio show, I go, you know, I hope someone doesn't do that to me. (laughs) So now it's almost a guilt thing that I'm going to listen to people. Once I start listening, I'm like, I'm going to listen to it all the way through, unless it's just really bad. But I'm going to listen to it through because I'm thinking I don't want karma to have people start tuning me out. There you go. But what's nice, though, We is, do have a great guest, though. So, oh, we got a so good tune guest, into though. that. Yeah, we got a good one tonight. So don't tune out yet. <laughs> no, yeah. not yet. Wait till the 55-minute mark. Then you can tune out. We put our podcast... After we air on the radio, you know, we put the shows out there on, on the podcast. People listen to them. They're listening to them from all over the world. And we can actually track that through the mechanisms that we are uploading the, the podcast. So we're on all the major streaming services, primarily through Podbean, but we're on iHeart. We're on iTunes. We're on Amazon. We're on Spotify. We're on... All of these major streaming services. So I like to go on there and check every once in a while who's listening and from where. And th- so last week, I, I kind of gave a shout out to some of the countries that we're downloading. So again, appreciate folks in the UK are actually downloading, listening to the podcast. Folks in Canada are listening. Australia, Italy, Poland. But I got a new one, and this surprised me, was Albania. Mm. So we have fans in Albania, and I mean... I don't think we can get any more international than That's this. big time. That's I'm cool. telling you. It's yeah. crazy, though. But, I mean, I'm like, because I'm wondering how they heard of us. I mean, it's just, you know, it's just funny. It's like, how does news travel like that? But that's just proof that, you know, you put out a... a it's a small a, world. Well, it is. And you put out a good product, and it gets out there, and someone says, hey, have you heard this? And then maybe they post it on their Facebook. And there are people that are talking about it that we're not even aware of. They're talking if there's any about. restaurants in Albania that want to sponsor us, we'll pizza. take it. That's right. If you want any pizza, restaurant, uh, or insurance, anything, you name it. With travel agencies, we'll take I'm it. I'm all about making a buck. Go ahead. I, I will say this, though. I, I would be curious to go to Albania one day. I would. I, I, I don't want to go anywhere. I, well, I, I like traveling. It just depends where. But I like to go to Italy, this. and that's it for me. Italy I, and to see our guest in Florida, DJ. And other than that, I don't want to go to Erie. I can definitely not get tired of going to Italy. Right. That's for sure. But so, I want, again, I want to thank our listeners from all over the world. So not only are we live here in Pittsburgh, we got our Pittsburgh listeners. We appreciate that. But I do want to thank our international listeners. And also, one of the things that we continue to talk about is how we want to advertise for folks. We want to do this. We're not asking anything if something's coming up. Reach out to us, and I've got a few. Again, the fundraiser for La Scuola d'Italia Galileo Galilei is coming up on November 11th, and you can find that information on that. We're going to have some great guests, great music, great dinner, the standard bocce tournament beforehand with prizes, raffles, all of the good stuff you want. But I think we do a pretty good job because the last fundraiser I was at for them was actually fantastic. So that's coming up November 11th and tickets are on sale. So I'm hoping to see you there. I will be there and there will be some familiar names that you're going to see there. And we'll start announcing that um, as the event comes closer. But again, go out to the website. All the details are out there. Go out to italianimpactweekly.com. That's italianimpactweekly.com. Go check out the website. 
Go look at the fundraiser for November 11th. It is a worthy cause, and please pick up your tickets. That will probably sell out, so I want to make sure that if you want to go, you get your tickets. And I also want to mention that October 7th will be the Columbus Day Parade. So Bloomfield, Pittsburgh's Little Italy, will play host to the 2023 Pittsburgh Columbus Day Parade, and that's going to be Saturday, October 7th at 11 a.m., where more than 100 bands, floats, and others will recognize the legacy of the region's Italian-American. So I hope to see you there October 7th. Claudio has confirmed, and this is important, Claudio will be there on October 7th. Am I right? Yeah, I was asked to be in it, so I'm very flattered. What group are you going to be with? you know? Hey, I'm my own group, brother. That's right. He's got his own group. flag, his own I got clothing line. own car, set, the whole man. thing. So I'm very honored and flattered to be there. It's my first one ever. Really? I've never been because I always me had either. games. I've never been to one. I've always had games. I've never walked one. They, they, they contacted me uh, the other day and asked me if I'd be in it. So I said, of course. Uh, so it's, I'm flattered. I'm not saying your stock has risen since you've joined the Italian Impact Weekly Show. But I brought uh, <laughs> Reggie Jackson one time, and our guest will appreciate this. When he signed on with the Yankees, he said, I didn't come here to be a star. I brought my star here. There you I go. brought my star to Italian Impact Weekly. Now, speaking but of our guest, let's talk about that. We have uh, – I'll introduce him first. He's the owner of Empire Real Estate Builders. He played minor league ball for the San Francisco Giants. But a better introduction is he's one of the best people I know. He is just a, a wonderful man. The, he always answers the phone for me if I have a business question or a personal thing or whatever. He's just a good guy. And uh, the only thing I don't like about him is he doesn't live in Pittsburgh, so I can see him more often. But he's, he's, he's <laughs> just very important to me, and that's DJ Thielen. Th DJ, thanks so much for being on the show. Hey, man, this is going to be awesome. Uh, I'm excited. I mean, being uh, the funny thing is, you know, Claudio, you and I talk. Our families are both from uh, Calabria. I believe your family is from Cosenza um, as well. Close, But yeah. I know from the Calabria, Calabria region. So we got uh, no wonder that, you know, in baseball and no wonder we vibe. And we won't uh, – I was going to bring up uh, Kenny Pickett and Steelers, but we'll stay off that subject because we'll probably <laughs> – won't, we, won't we won't get anything else talked about today. So we'll, we'll stay away from that one. That's everywhere. Uh, and and uh, you and I, I think we're on the same page. We just didn't see it. Everybody's going crazy. I, I just don't see it. But that's – Well, the attraction to Pickett. Yeah. I, I don't know why everybody went crazy over Kenny Pickett. You know why? Because he's a local guy. I mean, he's local well, in the no, sense he right. went to Pitt. Otherwise, if his name was Ken Pickett from Utah, they would exactly. they, they hate him. But you have to separate the weeds. He, he's, he, he's, he was an okay number two draft pick, great hey, number three. See, look what I started. No, that's all right. That's good. I'm you sure he. I'm sure he has some Italian hot, background somewhere. We're, we're hot off a Cleveland win, and you know that doesn't matter how ugly it right. is. You know, and and of course we've got the greatest coach at football because he does not have a losing record. Yeah. So you know, and you've got you know the superstar to be. We I, we should skip his career and just go right to the Hall of Fame. Go right to the Hall of Fame. There you go. But DJ, what we like to uh, start off with our guests on Italian Impact Weekly is, and you kind of touched yeah. on it, about your Italian heritage and what you know about it and, and how you were brought up with it. Oh, yeah, man. Uh, I love this, man. I've never never been uh, asked this, never been part of it. So um, this is great. So my um, I, I grew up in I grew up in Portland, Oregon, and uh, my uh, our dad wasn't in the in the picture. Uh, so, you know, I was raised by a single mom. Uh, my mom, you know, like like a lot of Italians, was was not just beautiful, but just an amazing person. Uh, worked two, three jobs sometimes to raise my brother and I, and um, and my grandma, who was, you know, my grandparents. Uh, my grandmother was full Italian. My grandfather was actually um, full Irish, 
So he had a six foot four Irish guy, white as white as snow, and you had this uh, four foot eight Italian. I'm like, how did that happen? You know, but um, so we so we grew up around. You know, my grandma's uh, my grandma non. Uh, Nana, that was the, you know, that's where we had all the, all the holidays, uh, all the events, all the picnics. Um, it was always at Nan's house. And so uh, she was, you know, she was a massive, like the biggest influence outside of my mom, uh, might even be more than my mom. She was the biggest influence, I would say, in, in, in my life, in my brother's life. Be with my mom working two jobs to support two young boys that were fighting all the time. <laughs> uh, you know, my grandma was, was like the, the stability for us, you know. And so I had uh, nine uncles. A couple of them passed away, and, and a couple of them I didn't meet. But there was Rosar, uh, Petey, uh, and Uncle Petey, uh, Uncle Johnny, Ralph. Um, I had Uncle Freddie, who was who went by Rocky, that was a pro baseball scout for 40 years. Yeah. Uh, had um, uh, Mikey, of course. You got to have a Mikey, right? And um, <laughs> and I was and, and what's funny, Claude, you've seen me, Claude. You know, I'm in plaques a lot and stuff, and I always have my own style. Like people are people are like, dude, how did you get? Where'd you get your swag from? I said, man, like I, you know, I'm I'm wearing these these plaques and the leather boots, you know, the pointed boots. And um, from Italy, of course, and uh, and like a vest or something. But people are commenting on on the the different um, dress boots that I wear. And uh, and so, but I saw my that's what I saw. Like my uncles growing up, you know, they're always in they're always dressed to the nines um, with flats and boots. And you know, and that was you know that was it, man. And so yeah, I mean, my my grandma, you know, that culture. We grew up, even though so my dad. Um, is uh, my my biological father, who was his dad was was related to Adam Thielen's dad, a receiver. That's how Adam oh, and I okay. are, are related, and cousins. But long story short, he was German, and so. But I'm I'm really even though I'm I'm probably more German than Italian, um, like like biologically, we we grew up man we're Italian. Like we grew up in the Italian culture. Uh, my my grandma making brujolis and you know cooking them for all day, right? And all those things, man, just the, the, the culture, drinking wine, like she'd give us a glass of wine. It's good for him. My mom's like, what are you doing, you know? And, uh, and so it was just the Italian culture and heritage. And so the impact that that had on me, man, I mean, it, it was, you know, it was very, we, well, you know, I'll know Italian uh, families, very loving, very giving, very family-oriented and you know, growing up in that um, culture really had a big influence on on me. Um, wanting, you know, when I had a son, unplanned, as I was just getting to the big leagues and stuff, as you know, Claudio, I, uh, you know, I, I was just said, hey, when I have a son, I'm going to be there. And you know, when he was born unplanned and and everything, um, that was just a big thing for me. And I think that 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 came from. Uh, you know, my grandma from having that family, like just knowing like, hey, when I have a son, I'm going to be I'm going to be a great dad because unfortunately, you know, our dad wasn't. And um, and so ultimately that that I, I think from an influential standpoint outside of like the family, uh, you know, just loving that culture and, and everything. And we went to Italy last year. My, my fiance and I we went to Italy last year, um, which we'll, we'll get into the first time. That was my dream. And now we're looking to buy a place there and 
that's a that's something we'll get into. But yeah, I mean, it definitely you know that Italian culture, the love, the care. Okay, DJ. So uh, Steve, you have some questions, I'm sure. Hey, DJ. So you said that you went to Italy for the first time last year. Were you able to yeah. identify any relatives through your grandmother's side? Wow, that's crazy. You asked. So my, my, my grandmother's uh, name was Granato, G-R-A-N-A-T-O, and we knew that she was from Calabria, and specifically a, a province uh, called Cosenza. And huh. so what happened was uh, we went to the Malfi Coast, and I wanted to go there for my 50th birthday, but long story short, COVID, and uh, that was a couple years ago, we stayed in the town of Amalfi, and, you know, we, we charted over to uh, Capri and and uh, Ravello and took a bus up to Ravello and and different things. Well, my dream was, my lifelong dream was to go there and literally go to Calabria and find some different relative, distant relatives, which I did on Instagram. And I chatted with a couple people that were named Granado. And I was, you know, there's a lady and a guy and basically just, you know, they have, they have like their own wine there. We got there and my, uh, my, uh, my fiance, Kristen, was like, you know, <laughs> she says, I said, babe, let's rent a car. We'll rent like something cool, like a Ferrari or something. And we'll just, cru- we'll just, we'll just pop down the, the coast. She's like, babe, I, I ain't letting you drive on these roads. I'm not riding with you on these roads. And so, so that was, uh, you know, that didn't happen, but that is, that was my lifelong dream to go there, to meet distant relatives, to, to go into their house and just break bread with them and be able to speak Italian with them. That's like my number one on my bucket list of anything. So uh, we got close. We hit one to the warning track, but um, we didn't quite, uh, you know, get it out of the park. We're going back here uh, next year and 100% going to make that happen. So that's uh, that's part of our trip, what our trip is going to be, meet some distant relatives. And DJ's going to take me with him. Okay. Now, I mentioned that you uh, played for the San Francisco. Well, I would say I would. I would say you'd fit, you'd, you'd probably fit in my luggage, but I won't, I won't say I that. might now. <laughs> I might now. But uh, I, I, I talked about you playing for the New York Giants, uh, San Francisco Giants and minor league system. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. And Oh, yeah, buddy. And, and also, when did you start thinking about a career after baseball? Uh, junior college play of the year in 91. Uh, I uh, was the Giants. I was their sixth pick when the sixth round. I was their, uh, I want to say, fourth pick but sixth round in 91, you know, 19. And when you, when you grow up, you know, we, we had a very loving family, but you know, we definitely were poor financially. And so like for me, I had a great, I had a decent freshman year and then I had a a phenomenal sophomore year. And that's what really uh, propelled me to be that, that higher pick. And so when that happened, you know, my scout was over, his name was John Schaefer. He was, he's legendary with the Giants. So he passed away a handful of years ago, but he was at my house. Uh, it was first day of the draft. I came home and my girlfriend at the time was, was at the house and it was like noon or 1230. And she comes out and has this big smile. And I was like, she's like, you got picked. I was like, what? It's like 1230, you know? So, um, so, and she's making me guess. And I had an instinct that it was, it was, uh, the Giants. He was over. He was over at my. He didn't give me any time to breathe, man. That's why he was so good. He was over at my house, you know, inking me. You know, I got a fraction of what I should have, but but whatever. 
But he, he signed me that day, gave me a baseball, a giant hat, a couple bats. I went up to my college, Mount Hood Community College there in Oregon, went up there, uh, did some hitting with these wood bats. And it was, um, you know, my mom had a, had a, a celebration for me and stuff. And it was really like that was the beginning, you know, it was really surreal that I don't I don't know if I told you this. This is actually a really cool, like one minute story in the third grade. I don't know if I shared this with you, Claudio, but I have it in my office here. In the third grade, my teacher, Miss Harris, had us write, what do we want to be when we grow up? And, and literally I wrote that um, it's like a little paragraph and it's on a half sheet of paper. And I found this when my mom died in 2010. My brother and I assisted, helped to retire our lifelong dream. April 1st, 2010, April 30th, that year she died and had a heart attack. So unfortunately, you know, her life was cut short at 62. But ultimately was, you know, I found this piece of paper and I'm looking through, because I just wanted the memorabilia stuff, right? So I'm looking at this piece of paper in the third grade, I wrote down, uh, when I grew up, I want to be a professional baseball player. I'm the best player in the minor leagues. No, no lack of confidence, right? <laughs> and I, I want to, I want to be like, like Willie Stargell and Dave Parker, who played for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Sure. But then I said, my team, my favorite team was the Cincinnati Reds. And so, so when you think about it, right? The the reason when I found that, that it really, the hairs just stood up on the back of my neck was, I got a chance to. Like I wrote this, I thought about it, and I wrote it down one time, gave it to my mom, never saw it again in the third grade. And here it turns up again, you know, when I'm, that was 13 years ago, and I'm fit, so up at 39. Mm-hmm. So here, you know, I'm seven or eight or whatever, and I write something. And the crazy part is I gave me chills because I'm big into mindset, I'm big into manifesting and all that. And so it just made me realize the power of our words and our thoughts. And I hear I, I wrote something and thought of it one time in the third grade. And I, it didn't manifest exactly like I wrote it, but I got to play pro ball. Sure. Um, and and I do a ton of business out of, out of Pittsburgh. So even though it didn't manifest exactly like I wrote it, it was close enough to make me understand and realize that at the time that I should, I, I, I should start writing my goals down. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I should start writing stuff down more. The other good thing, um, though, DJ, was that your mom kept it. That was that was nice. Yes. Yeah. And so, you know, but kind of back to ball, you know, uh, when I signed, I started that journey. I, I, I really, I, I, I always wanted to, you know, be a pro ball player. But the thing that I understand now that I didn't understand then is you have to see it anything in life, you know, everyone's the, the average people say, I'll believe it when I see it, right. you know, the, the dime a dozen. But back then I just, I, they say, Hey, don't let the highs be too high and the lows be too low. And you're like, well, how the hell do I do that? Right? Like, <laughs> like, to, like, tell me like how, so you were, all these things were thrown at you, but you were never really taught um, or instructed how to do this. Like I've learned to do now. Uh, how to control your emotions, you know, and all of these things. So at the time, you know, my, my highs were real high. Um, I'd be I, I'm 91 my first year. Um, there was four teenagers in the league. It was the first year of rookie ball. Um, 1991 was the first year they had rookie ball. 
So, you know, they have rookie ball, short season A, sure. uh, single A, high A, double A, triple A, right? So when that happened, uh, my scout, they, they, when you, if you were a teenager, you were supposed to go play in rookie ball. Mm-hmm. And unless you were an exception, my, my scout's like, dude, he's going to Everett. So they sent me to Everett. And that year in the Northwest League in 1991, there was four teenagers. There was myself. There was a guy named Sean Estes who pitched a decade in the big league. Sure. Uh, lefty, uh, first-round pick for the Mariners. There was another first-round pick that year for the Mariners, both out of high school, named Mike Hampton, who pitched a decade in the big league, and a guy named Todd Hollinsworth that was rookie of the year for the Dodgers in the mid, mid-90s. So I was in, I was in, I would say I was in pretty good company, you That's know. That's for sure. Um, and, you know, I'd, you know, be minor league player of the week one week, and the next week I'd be, you know, I couldn't hit water if you, if I fell out of a boat, as they say, you know. <laughs> and so my, the highs were really high and the lows were really low. And I, I think that at that beginning, at that beginning of the, of that, I guess, uh, pro ball journey, the mind can play tricks on you. You know, you're facing guys from, you know, they're announcing the lineup and, you know, batting third first game uh, from Mount Hood Community College, you know, and people at the Mountain Community College, like, what's that? And these other guys, it's like UCLA from USC. Sure, sure. From so it it can really uh, play some tricks on you. The a lot of stuff uh, you guys and that I that I didn't understand then, I've really taken put into my life now. Like how to you know, uh, like baseball is just so. Uh, I mean, it's ingrained in our family. My uncle's played. My uncle was a scout. How do you leave a bat at bat at bat at bat? And just in, in okay, hey, that that's like very valuable for real life day to day entrepreneurship, especially. And just be able to detach and move on and really truly like let it go and look forward. You know, do you let a bat at bat become uh, a bad game and then a bad week and then a bad season? Or can you actually truly leave that bat at bat at bat at bat? And so, a lot of things that um, I didn't understand as deep as I do now, I'm able to take those and say, hey, even though I didn't put these into play then and, and, and really master them, it's really helped me in life as I've you know grown and, and matured a lot. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back and talk about your real estate career, your business career, and uh, what are your goals next. But we're going to take a quick break, as I said, and talk about Uh, some things. But uh, one of the things is Italian Impact Weekly. If you miss our show on Thursdays, you can always go to ItalianImpactWeekly.com and check out our archives. Former guests, Mario Andretti, Vince Ferragamo, many, many great guests, some upcoming guests. Uh, In November, we have Vince Papali. That show will air on November 2nd. Chris Corciani. Chris Corciani was a point guard at NC State under Jim Valvano. At one point, I believe he was the all-time assist leader. Now he's very very successful in real estate in North Carolina. Uh, Chris is a great guy, so he'll be on October 12th. Um, Next, uh, oh yeah, uh, in September 25th, I believe. That show airs, uh, what, Steve? Help me out, 28th, something like that? on a Thursday, but Melissa Marinero, she is in charge of the Italian uh, section at the Heinz History Center, so we're looking forward to having her on. Also, our other show, Talking Business and Life, with Claudio Relsano and Steve Mancini. You can check out that show on crsmmedia.com. Upcoming guests as former light heavyweight champ, Donnie the Golden Boy Lalonde, another boxing icon, Jerry Cooney will be on, uh, Lee Davis, 
who's very uh, involved in, in, in the Pittsburgh community, will be on next week. Great guy, love Lee. One of the great things about these shows is I can have on friends of mine that I care for and have so much respect for as our guest today, DJ Thielen. Also, my show, The Claudio Relsano Show, you can check out that show on ClaudioRelsano.com. I've had such great guests as Ken Griffey Sr., Rocky Blyer, Jim Rooker, again, Andretti Ferragamo. I've had DJ on there a couple of times, Dick Vermeil, Jerry Cooney, Vinny Pazienza, Roman Gabriel, a lot of great guests, so you can listen to that show on ClaudioRelsano.com. Uh, what else? That's about it. Oh, yeah, Empire Media Ventures, if you are interested in having your own podcast, please contact us at questions at italianimpactweekly.com or in my web, uh, my email, rosano16 at msn.com. I got to do better with these uh, commercials. Uh, too much coffee. But uh, that's about it. So when we come back, our great guest, DJ Thielen. Bloomfield, Pittsburgh's Little Italy will play host to the 2023 Pittsburgh Columbus Day Parade Saturday, October 7th at 11 a.m. when more than 100 bands, floats, and others will recognize the legacy of the region's Italian-Americans. Thanks to Greater Pittsburgh Travel. For any of your travel needs, let Tom and the team at Greater Pittsburgh Travel know and they'll take care of you. For more information, call 412-331-2244 or visit their website at www.greaterpittsburghtravel.com. For all of your plumbing needs, be sure to try Pellucci Plumbing. Nick and the team have decades of experience and will get you back up and running. For more information, call Pellucci Plumbing at 412-782-5050. And we want to thank the Calabria Club of Pittsburgh. If you're interested in learning more, you can find their contact information on Facebook at Calabria Club of Pittsburgh. Again, thanks Domenica and the team at the Calabria Club of Pittsburgh for your support. And we want to thank the Scuola d'Italia Galileo Galilei, the only nonprofit school in Pittsburgh endorsed by the Italian consulate. If you're interested in learning Italian or have your children being immersed in the Italian culture and language, be sure to give them a call at 412-404-7070. And that's La Scuola d'Italia Galileo Galilei. Okay, our great guest, DJ Thielen. DJ, okay, you, you, you talked a lot about your career and uh, in baseball, but talk to us about real estate. How did you get involved in real estate and why? I grew up uh, watching, I don't know if you guys remember the Carlton Sheep, right? So he was a big real estate guru uh, on TV all the time, uh, advertisements on TV when I was growing up. I bought a when I when I got my signing bonus. I bought I bought a pair of Jordans, a gold chain, and a scooter. So clearly, <laughs> I didn't have much much financial guidance, right? So ultimately, uh, I just I was always intrigued uh, with real estate, man. I don't know what it was, but I just was always really intrigued with it. And so what happened was around 2005, I uh, I sold a company, um, home security company that I had in in Portland, Oregon, and I had a little bit of money, and I decided that. I, long story short, um, yeah, sold a company uh, in 2005 and I had a little money and I wanted to jump into, I just decided, hey, let me jump into real estate. So I went to a Robert Kiyosaki, Robert Allen uh, oh, event, yeah. Yeah. right? I came away with this big, thick book and and at the time, you know, my girlfriend I was seeing, she, she's like, hey, uh, let's go through this and right let, let's really start learning this and i go listen i didn't learn how to hit a baseball reading a book and i didn't learn how to build a business reading a book and she's like well what are you going to do i said i already went on this was literally we went to the event this was on sunday night i said i already went on ebay and i mean talk about taking action right 
Um, I already went on eBay about 10 homes for $50,000. And, uh, and a few were in, in Pittsburgh and a few, a few were in Ohio. So I'm like, I'm going to make all this money and I fly out there. I'll never forget, I land in Pittsburgh and I go to the first house that was over in McKeesport. House was torn down, gone. I called a guy, I'm all excited, right? I called the guy, his numbers disconnected. I was like, oh no, this is like, this is like a nightmare. So, um, so, but, you know. Kiyosaki think, didn't cover uh, how to deal with that. No, no, Maybe no. Maybe you no. should have read the book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I probably should have. Yeah, how to how to deal with uh, the con artists. Right. But you know, it again, it kind of it kind of goes back to the sports and the baseball. Um, in life, it's really helped me because at the time, right? Obviously, like like I'm like, okay, I'm either going to off somebody and and pull the Italian Italiano on them, <laughs> or I'm gonna or I'm gonna I'm gonna like just figure it out and uh and just move on so i sold all of them off i got out of them lost a little money but i stuck with it and i i met uh some realtors out there and out in newcastle and different areas and they just helped me out you know they they liked me i liked them and they started helping me with uh pulling some people together and really that's how it started in 05 uh in 05 my first year i, I picked up 25 rentals i but i but i blew through all my cash and at the end of the day, you know, again, it goes back to kind of not, not really having guidance or a mentor, which I think everyone absolutely needs at least one, if not five. And so, um, cause it, it just saves so much time having a mentor, having someone that can guide you, teach you, coach you, uh, in anything, uh, it can just save you so many years and so much aggravation. That was where that was. And then in 06, uh, all the people that said I was crazy and I was going to lose all my money and I was an idiot and stupid, they started coming to me, a couple of them. Hey, man, uh, how's it going? Oh, it's good, man. I got 25 rentals and, you know, I'm clicking, making some good money. Man, 25. Dude, can you, how much are you getting them for? Man, can you get me some of those? <laughs> right? So, so it really started, um, and, and that really, that really happened by accident. But in the Kiyosaki, you know, he talks about what's called the cash flow quadrant. Right. So you have your, which was the only thing, you know, have an ADD and hate in school. It was literally the only thing I took away from a two-day event. I'm like, the cash flow quadrant. Okay, I got it. So um, it was, but, he, but it made sense to me. Like, like the E for employees, lowest income, high taxes. The, um, the S for self-employed, higher income, higher taxes, highest tax bracket. But then he showed how he said 95% of people make their wealth, make, become wealthy as a B for business owner or an I for investor. And, but only 5% of the population make their money that way. And I was like, well, shoot, I've already under, I, I already understand building a business. And so I just want to, uh, I want to become an investor. And that's why I jumped in the deep end. And as they say, you know, you jump off the cliff and you, you build the airplane on the way down. <laughs> And that's kind of how I lived my, my, most of my life. And so, uh, so I just went for it and did it and, you know, learned along the way. And a year later, I had some friends come to me and that led to, you know, since 2006, uh, Claudio up until now, we've actually sold over, we've sold over 3,500 properties and we own, uh, 322 rentals, um, that we have. And, um, you know, without a bunch of partners or syndications or anything, so we have our own real estate holding company, and then we also assist, our, our real niche is assisting out-of-state investors, get them the properties, fix the properties, 
rent the properties and, and manage the properties. And so, you know, that led to a pretty, a pretty, you know, cool business. Um, and all of our uh, investments are actually in Pittsburgh. Um, I don't have any, I don't have one investment, uh, real estate wise, I should say, that is, that is outside of the area. And yeah, man, it's been a, it's been a good ride. Now, DJ, you, uh, one thing about your, uh, what I will call unorthodox approach to life, and I don't disagree with you. You don't learn, you do learn some things in a book, but there are some things you just got to go out and do. And the reality is, is when you just go out and do, you're, you're going to fail sometimes and you're going to be successful sometimes. And we'd had a guest on, we have another show called Talking Business and Life, and we'd had another guest on, and he was also in real estate and very successful. And I always scratch my head why ex-athletes always seem to go in real estate, but that's that's a conversation for another show, but it is kind of funny when you think how many ex-athletes have gone into real estate. But, you know, very similar very similar thing. You're looking around saying, hmm, this isn't working for folks. I've got a better way. I'm going to do this. And then they get into real estate and they're, you know, and they're successful. But not everyone has that success. Somebody's got to lose what? for somebody to win. Yeah. So yeah. I kind of want to ask you about that piece of it. And then two, you know, based on your unorthodox approach, you know, obviously you're going to have some setbacks, but you don't seem to have ever lost, you know, that positivity. And I know that's, we're going to kind of talk later about your, your motivational um, aspects of your speaking, but, but how, you know, maybe you could talk to folks, how do you maintain that positive attitude and, and then talk about the winners and losers? Yeah. I mean, listen, when you're failing seven out of 10 times <laughs> and still winning, like it's, it's easy to win. <laughs> you know, like I'm, I, I think that um, overall, right, I, I love what Deion Sanders is doing, but I think that our world is, is very soft. Like he can't, you know, I mean, growing up, man, we, you know, playing football, we're grabbed by the face mask. We're called every name in the book and out of the book and under the book and over the book. <laughs> told of, you know, our mama this and I mean, it was oh, yeah. brutal, right? The, the, and, and these days, you know, these guys would be arrested. But, but, you know, it does, it does for sure, uh, you know, build some character. I look back at the hardest coach I had was college, Dale Stevens, Mountain Community College. And he, my sophomore year, I mean, it was like, I, I mean, I'd have to run for stuff I, I, wasn't, I didn't even do. And so, but he rode me, but, you know, I needed that. I, I think that in life, a couple of things. I think one, people fail and they attach themselves as a failure, right? So in, instead of failing and understanding, like, like I was told my son, hey man, you, you failed, but you're not a failure. You just failed, or you just had a sucky at bat, but you don't suck, right? So I think that a lot of times, especially, you know, when, when it's adults too, but um, you know, people, they, they, they fail or they have a bad game, and they internalize it and they make it part of their identity. And then that, now you're basically, you know, the self-talk, right? I don't even like saying it, but, but I suck, I'm no good, I'm a failure. Well, now you start basically manifesting and self-realizing the words that you're speaking. And so I learned a long time ago uh, from my grandma, really, but the words we speak, you know, I think the most powerful thing that anyone isn't what other people say. It's not what it's the words that we speak to ourselves that either build or tear down. And I, I've learned that in life. And so in, in relation to, you know, how do I uh, kind of stay happy and ride, ride, the, ride it out? You know, people, people used to say in, in baseball, 
you know, that whole thing I was mentioning. Hey, don't let the highs be high and the lows be low. But what I've come to really understand in life, it's like if a, if low is one and a, and a, and excitement is zero, people that are people that get really excited, like overly, um, usually are going to experience the same level of the, of the valleys that they do the peaks. So they're very up, you know, very high when things are great, but they're very low when things aren't right. And so, and that, that is uh, only going to lead to uh, kind of average results. But what I've come to realize is that, that I wasn't taught, is that we can control our thoughts, we can control our emotions, we can control the words we speak to ourselves, we can control what we believe about ourselves. All of these things that we have, that, that are so powerful, right? We have control over that. And so when, we, when I really started to, to bend this and understand it, um, that was when I started, you know, maybe seven, eight years ago, I started waking up early um, and creating a good routine, routines, right? Because routines, successful routines, you look at anyone that's successful, they've got great routines. So, like, I started waking up early, uh, started meditating and praying. I started uh, practicing gratitude, which I think is massively powerful. Thanking God for the things that I want to see happen that day as if they already happened. Like, really understanding how to just create this um and i would smile while, while i'm doing my gratitude and what i my my goal is um i want something positive in the morning before i even touch my phone and the goal is create a happy vibration that i'm, I'm vibing at like a eight or a nine and then just do my best to ride that wave and carry that through the day no matter what happens something comes up it's not in our favor hey that's okay because what what starts happening is that there's, when you understand there's no reality, only our perception of reality, then you really start to understand, man, okay, it's kind of like if a, you take a guy or a girl, if a guy thinks his girlfriend's cheating, um, everything that he's going to view that person from is going to be, oh, they didn't answer their phone. Oh, they didn't. And they're going to they're gonna be such, a, such an ass to them and so like me that they're literally going to behave in a way because the mind wants to be right. And so they're going to behave in a way to actually manifest and self-sabotage, but really self, self-fulfilling prophecy is what I call it, that they'll actually create the thing that they're thinking is already happening because that's how the mind works. And so I think once, I think, you know, if people can just understand, become more aware, like, man, I have so, I have so much control, right? You're either a victim or a victor. And I think that you can't be both. So we got to understand, people have to understand listening to this, like, man, I can truly control my happiness. My happiness, when we grow up, you guys, this is, this is a big nugget. This is my analogy. When we grow up and we fall, skin our knee, break an arm, whatever. Well, breaking an arm is different, but we skin our knee. What, what, what happens? Our mom, our grandma, our dad gives us a sucker. They give us something to appease us. So we're literally wired from a, from infancy, from an early age, that external stuff feels makes us happy. But the the problem with that is that we grow up and you see so many people, and I went through it, right? You're like, like I remember having, I had four cars and I went out and bought a Ferrari because everyone in LA had a Ferrari, and I'm like, and then after I got it, I had it for a month, couple months, and like this was so stupid, you know? But you start 
we we wonder why we we ultimately live in a society in the in the state you know everyone wants to be famous everyone wants to be an influencer people people want to act like they're successful but they're really they, they they're they're not um i have a thing called be do have so like you need to become the person you need to become do the work you got to do and then you can have all the things you want to have but most people they just want to they want to either have it without doing the work or becoming the person they want to be or they want to act as if they have something when they really don't and you look at stuff you know going back to italy look at sardinia it's a blue zone if you guys knew or didn't know it's one of the five blue zones in the world where people live to be well over 100 years old consistently and so when you look at that how well they walk a lot right they're they're not massively uh overweight obese you know obese um they walk a ton um, they take off, they get what they got to get done and they take off at three o'clock and they have, they, they, they enjoy, they enjoy life. Yeah, they sure do. And, kind of like government workers they take know, off at three o'clock. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like the code offices. And so, but, you know, so I think, I think that a couple of things, one is, is people listening to this is to, you know, I, I, I'm big on YouTube. I love YouTube. I watch something positive every morning. I love Ed Milet. I love, I watch uh, him too. I, I, I like Ed Milet. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. I spoke with Ed in 2018 at an event and he's just world-class. And then uh, Joe, Dr. Joe Dispenza, mind, body, coherence. And so I think if people, you know, there's IQ and EQ, Right. And most people don't have both, but some do. But I, I truly believe a thousand percent, the more important of the two overall, unless someone's a doctor or something, mm-hmm. it is truly EQ, right? Uh, emotional intelligence, which a lot of people don't talk about. Controlling your emotions, your mindset, your happiness, your vibration, your vortex, all of these things that have so much of a, they, they have the most impact on what's going to happen or not happen or what we're going to attract or not attract in our life uh, impact our perception of everything that happens. It's going to impact our, I mean, it can create sickness, right? Bad thoughts, bad mindset, um, and gets people sick, depression. We're in a world where, you know, probably suicide rates are massively high, depression, um, drug use, fentanyl, I mean, all this stuff, right? People are, they're, they're trying to, they're trying to fill this void. And, and, and I'm I'm a religious guy, so I don't want to say you know God or not God, but they're trying to fill this void of of loneliness, self hate, unhappiness um, that they feel inside with with things that they're numbing themselves, and they're fit, trying to fill or they're trying to fill it with something buying cars or buying a bigger house or or whatever with stuff that will never fill that void. That void, you know, we have the the power inside of us to create our own happiness, to create, doesn't matter if we're going through storms, we can create our own happiness in the storm. We can dance in the rain. And so I think if, if people just were to really focus on um, having a good morning routine, really practicing gratitude, because if you have gratitude, it washed away fear, it washed away anxiety, and really understanding that we, we really have all inside of us, in our minds and our hearts and our souls, to heal ourselves, to make us happy. Uh, we don't need external things to make us happy or feel or, or try to uh, fulfill us. And, you know, we have everything that, that uh, we need right inside of us. 
Now, DJ, I want to. I want to. It's funny you say that because I was just watching a program not too long ago, and um, it was a religious program, and he was talking about the four levels of happiness. And there's that kind of quick hit that we get, that kind of endorphin hit, you know, which is what kind of puts people onto, you know, we'll just say less than savory addictions because they're looking for they're they're looking for the uh, immediate hit. And then there's kind of like that next layer of happiness where people are the looking. dopamine. Right. And, and then there's the, then there's the, what they call the achievement level. And then there's the, I want to serve others. And then ultimately you get to where you're serving others for a purpose. And then that's when you reach that highest level of happiness. But, but I don't want to go down that road, but I, but I do want to bring that up for, for a point because you are doing a lot of speaking out there and, and kind of listening to you. You're, you're talking to a lot of folks and you're helping them or you're trying to help them understand that it, ultimately at the end of the day, it sounds like happiness is a state of mind for you that you can decide to have or not have. Um, but, but go into that, talk about your motivational speaking and, and how, what, what are you doing? Are you out there as part of, as part of this empire, you know, real estate builders, you're going out in conjunction with that, or is this something separate and, and talk about the, the speaking part of no, your it's life? Something, yeah, it's, it's something separate. It's, um, I, I speak a lot, you know, having a lot of times people see your credentials um, on real estate and they're like, dude, come speak on real estate. And then I'll go speak. And most of the stuff I talk about isn't about real estate. Hmm. Well, but it, but the people are, you know, emotional or they're, they're very touched. And I think that the reason that is, is because kind of going back to what we talked about is people, people feel, think that, Oh, I need help in real estate. Right. For example, I need help getting a deal. Man, your mindset is so broke and you're so such a miserable person to talk to. Even if you got a deal, you ain't you ain't selling it. <laughs> like you're you're gonna screw you're gonna completely screw it up. And so I I I definitely uh believe that even like I said, when I go speak at, at a real estate event or something, my my real passion is getting people to understand that like Listen, I've been through two divorces. Uh, I've lost my mom. I grew up poor. I had, uh, you know, sexually abused. I had an ADD. I had an ADHD. Like, I didn't, I didn't have, we, you know, we were dirt poor. I didn't have a dad. Like, that combination alone in the 70s and 80s, you're dead or in jail. Like, like or, you, you know, you just kind of grow roots and, and you're at the tavern every night kind of person, right? And I don't know. I'll be honest, I don't know what it was in me, but I always had something that I just wanted to be more. And, um, and because I've, I, you know, there's, a, there's the, the, something that I've come to know is when people hear of your success, a lot of people might not have had that level of success, so they can't connect. So there's a saying, when you connect, you collect. Not necessarily dollars, right? But when you connect, connecting is the biggest part. And so people connect through your message, not your successes. And so being able to share people openly, like, look, this is where I came from. This is what I endured. This is what I went through. Here's the challenges I have. And here's what I've been able to overcome in my life. And here's exactly how you can do the same. No matter what, maybe you've been through worse than me. Maybe you've been through not quite as bad as me, but it doesn't matter, you know? And just, just sharing with people that, um, they don't have to be a victim to their circumstance, the victim to what they were told, the victim to 
um, what they believe about themselves. Maybe that they, you know, grew up in, in a very toxic parents or something, or they were beat or they were locked in a closet. I mean, what, or abused. And so I think that I've come to know that, that people really connect through our messes and they'll listen more. You know, they, they, they really will. Cause they're like, wow, I didn't know that about DJ. Damn. You know, and, and look at this guy. He's always happy. He's always vibing. He's always smiling. Like for the most part, you know? And so, and unless I'm driving behind someone, uh, slow in the fast lane, that's a pet peeve, but I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Real quick though. I want to ask yeah. something because you said, I want, I want to, I pick up on something you said, you know, you talked about the victim you don't have to be a victim essentially to your circumstances. What are your thoughts then on the way society seems to be teaching victimhood? We're, we're kind of encouraging it to blame someone else for your woes in life. I mean, how do you then go out and say, no, 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 that's wrong. You're, you're, you're fighting what society's trying to teach people. Not that I, I mean, agree with what society's trying to do, but what I'm saying is, but that is the prevalent culture now is that it's always someone else's fault. It's not really my fault. I'm in this circumstance because of this, you know, woe is me. That's a whole slippery slope. But I'll tell you, I, I think that, you know, we call them, mar we, we call them marshmallows. Man, these, these people these days, are, you know, a lot of them, right? Not all of them, but there's a lot of marshmallows like sauce. Like they're just soft, man. And I, and I'm not saying that when you were growing up, I mean, my, my mom used to beat our ass. Can I say ass on here? <laughs> uh, my mom used to beat our ass with a, with a steel, not, not like, like flimsy wood metal, like a freaking steel Italian, like, like spaghetti spoon. Right. We put our hands back there and like, I, you know, I got a couple of fingers that are, that are bent a little. I said, I'm telling you, I guarantee she broke some fingers when we were little. But I'm not saying that, like, kids need that, right? I'm not saying that, like, you should hit your kids. But what I am saying is I do feel like that, you know, um, when, you, when you, you know, you look at Oprah Winfrey, you look at uh, Tyler Perry, right, who I love both of them. You look at, I mean, these people grew up with some serious trauma. And when you look at that and go, man, like they use that kind of for their rocket fuel. Like they use that to uh, be able to propel them. And um, look, as long as as long as as long as someone is always blaming other people, um, they're never gonna they're never gonna grow in life. I, I heard I they're never gonna become that. They're never gonna live that life that I think God created them to be. And that's really the saddest part because they're you can't. You know, the, like, if you were to ask me, you know, what's one of the top three things, one of the, if you had, if you were going to die and have three things, one of them is take accountability for everything that happens in your life. And I didn't used to, you know, people used to say it, but now I really, really believe it. And if you don't, you know, Ed Milet says, when you get to heaven, imagine getting to heaven, if you believe in heaven. And seeing and having God come to you and show you this amazing person, this amazing life, and all these amazing uh, uh, experiences, and you don't recognize it. Mm -hmm. And God looks at you, and you're like, who is that? And God says, that's the life that I have for you. And, I, and, and when you think of that, it's kind of chilling, right? It's like, whoa, man, that's kind of, that's, that's, I don't want that, I don't want that to happen. Sure. And so, and I, 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 I know I don't think people that are victims, uh, they don't take accountability. 
um, they're just going to stay stuck. They're not going to grow. They're not going to mature. They're not going to evolve. And they're going to be that uh, person that is 80 years old and talking about high school or blaming, blaming the government or blaming, blaming somebody for something. And, you know, without taking accountability, uh, you just, you, you can't grow, you can't evolve and you can't get better. And I think that, you know, in this, in this, uh, day and age where there's a lot of coddling, look with my son, you know, as hard as it is, sometimes he's got to fall. Sure. Like he's got to do some stuff on his own. It ain't easy. Um, and he's, he's had a great life and he's got a safety net, right? Like he, he's not going to fall and, and break his neck. He might fall and skin his knee cause I'm here for him. But at the end of the day, sometimes, Hey man, Devin ain't listening to me about this. I'm gonna let him skin his knee and I got to let him do it. And then he calls me a year later or six months. It plays out at some point. Yeah, dad, you were right. <laughs> right. And so, but you gotta, you gotta, you got to be okay doing that. Um, and, you know, look at, I mean, look at Todd Marinovich, right? Shielded sure. uh, and, and all of that. And, you know, just completely goes off the rails uh, once he, you know, hits, hits pro ball. So I think that that stuff like that is really what's happening, but on a, on a, a smaller scale, like we don't, it's not televised and, and we don't see it. But I think a lot of that happens is people are coddled. Um, they're not, they're not taught that, dude, you got to work your face off. That's like you sure. want to, you want to make anything out of your life. Like there's one thing that you cannot shortcut and that is hard ass work and, and over an extended period of time. Yeah. And so people will get a job, they quit. They get another job, they quit. They bounce from relationship to relationship, they quit. They you know, and, and there's just no like stick with itness. And I feel like, you know, if, if people are going to experience success in anything, you're going to have to work hard and you're going to have to, you're going to have to have that, that faith we talked about in the beginning where, you know, people, it's easy for people to see something, to, to believe it when they see it, but you've got to see it. You know, if you want to be, have an exceptional life and as Ed Milet says, a maxed out life, Right. Uh, you've got to you've got to believe it before you see it, and I think that's anything in life. DJ, I knew this was going to be great, as Ed Milet told Alex Rodriguez on his show. I listened to that episode, but uh, you are the best, and and I really appreciate you. You spoke from the heart. Every word you said today tonight, and. Um, Again, I know you've had, you said the word impact several times, and that's something that Steve and I talk about. Jim Valvano used to say that's his favorite word, it's the word impact. So you had a lot of impact on people today. You've had impact on me all these years, and I know you will continue to do so. And thank you so much for taking the time to be on our show. This was a quick hour. Yeah, thank you, buddy. Appreciate you guys. All right, brother. We'll talk to you soon. I'll get back to you. Thank you. All right. Okay, sounds good. All right, man. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. All right, Claude, this is the uh, the hour's up, buddy, and uh, we got to go in a hurry. So, uh, again, let's do the uh, usual thank you to our listeners, as always. Thank you to the listeners. And, Claude, I always much. give thank you the last you word. All, and thank you to our sponsors. And, as always, thank you, Mom and Pop.